What up, man? Sit down. And I'm Ray Ray all day. Oh, man, I'm digging that cowboy hat, buddy. What up, man, and welcome to the battle. I'm your host. Oh, my name Johnny. And I'm Ray Ray all day. Yo, what up, Ray? Yeah, it's, what up, Ray? What's going on, Jobo fellas? Cop. Dude, oh, Jobo Cop's back, Jobo. What up, guys? Oh, don't start that <laughs> shit. Don't even go there with that one. Uh, well, you know, I'm just going to dial it down Oh, here. dial it down tonight. smooth, sultry tones of my vocal Friggin' back capacity. from a two-week hiatus. Back from a two-week hiatus. That's bullshit! What's up, baby? Damn, I mean, that's one hell of a date you were on, wasn't it, brother? Well, you know. You lots know. of water. Oh, lots yeah. of water. Lots of water. <laughs> lots of hydrating. aquas. <laughs> gallons. Yeah. Of water. Good. Gallons and gallons. gallons. And gallons. Stay hydrated, Joe. It's <laughs> important. Thank you, man. Especially on date night. Hashtag you know? that gym life. That gym life, baby. <laughs> Loving it. Yeah. Full money Johnny wouldn't know. He ain't been gym life in a while. When's the last time you've been to the gym, Ray? I don't go to the okay, gym. Okay, then shut your mouth. Never. My he, gym's outside. Y'all, here we go. Here okay. we go. Oh, what the, what, yeah. So what, what's that workout on the swing? That's what I want to figure out. Is that like a squat? No, no, no. It's more of a leg extension. <laughs> leg extension. Oh, so you're doing the hip abductor on well, your swing in the backyard. He's out there lumberjacking in the neighbors, bro. He's lumberjacking it. Freaking lumberjacking it. Ray's out there lumberjacking it. Put your shirt back on. My walk to my mailbox. Box is longer than anything you'll walk oh, hey, all day we, long. Yeah, and you got a freaking golf oh. cart in your house. Oh, that's, you? a, that's a virtual oh. fist bump right there. <laughs> that's bullshit. Thank you, Fritzy. <laughs> Guy's got a freaking golf cart. He's talking about how far his mailbox is. Hey, man. Uh, he does make a valid point. You haven't gotten off your butt in a while. That's true. So. You're right. You know, I'm, I got to get back. You on, have man. nobody to blame it yourself, and yet this $24.99 is being deducted from your account quite every month. And you're not doing a damn thing about it. At least go get a tan. At least go get your buns tanned or hydro massage or something. Hey, silent. Minority over there. <laughs> right. You know what? You want to know what honestly it is? I've got to get myself out of this funk, you know, because really and truly, the, the reason I started going there was I wanted to work out with my son. Mm -hmm. And now my son's schedule, he works out. I'm not works out, but he works nights every night. So he's going to be to work at five o'clock. So by the time I'm getting off work and getting home, so we talked the other day. He he gets one day off a week. So he's been little dude's been working six days a week. Nice. Proud of him. Awesome. Proud of him. So you know, he's been doing really good. Is he good. working, Johnny? He's working over there at Moe's, you know, Southwest. Oh, Southwest yeah. Grill. Look at Moe's, baby. I have to go in and see him one Get the home, right. Get the home record. Ain't nobody wash dishes like my kid. Nobody. I tell you, nobody. <laughs> you go get on there, boy. Just not at the house. Only yeah. only when he's getting paid. Oh, baby's baby's cooking washing the dishes at the house. That's a sore <laughs> subject. Don't go there, Ray. Okay. Oh, man. But I, hey, I got Severe some news coming up. My my uh, my my baby is graduating this Ooh. week. Your what? My oh, baby. You don't know hey. about that. So. <laughs> but anyway, she she is finally going to graduate. This is her last week of high school. So wow. this is our last. Year of high schoolers, man. That's exciting. That's wow. exciting and kind of crazy at the same time. So mm. don't blink. Oh yeah, it happens quick, man. It does. Don't, don't man. you blink, boy. I'll don't tell you. Then you are old. Well, it's not even about being old. I think that you know. Yeah, it it's is. Just, yeah, it is. <laughs> Damn it, Fritz. <laughs> just dial it. Can we get the bullshit button? Just dial yeah, it. Back there's just. That's bullshit. That's what it is. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Call that on myself. Yeah. Thank you. 
You know, since you brought that up with her graduating, she's your youngest. She's the last one leaving the house. Oh, yeah. Well, she ain't leaving the house. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's not get it twisted. I've already she's got her out the around door for a minute. Yeah, yeah, that aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. She ain't ready. She ain't ready. She's, but she is preparing. We got to give her credit. She's been talking to me about her, her vision and her plan to get herself on a, you know, a, a career path and, uh, you know, obviously moving out of the house. I'm having a harder time with that than she is. You know what I mean? She's ready to go, boy. She's, She's ready, ready to go. get out. Yeah, but you got to let them go and spread their wings. Well, yeah, as long as they do it the right way, that's all I care about. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, mean, I want to make sure she does it the smart way. Yeah. I had to do it the dumb way because I didn't have any choice, you know? <laughs> well, that's the thing is we got to guide them, but we can't solve all their problems. Right. We can't right. do it. We're not, we can't. we're not supposed to. Yeah. We're supposed to direct them. And whether it be your kids or one of your employees, or just another family member, you can't always fix our problems. No. And that's not our job. And if they do fail, they'll always have you, John, uh, to come back on and yeah. fall back on. So, you know, that's, that's, that's a comforting thought. When you yeah, for them it. it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they got to yeah. learn, they gotta learn from di- mistakes. Stop yeah. dipping in that nest egg. We're going to have, you know, problems. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I always joke around and I tell them, look, your mother and I ain't eating hot dogs and beans so you can, <laughs> in our golden years so you can live your life. That ain't how it's working for us. Well, and, and I think where we fail as parents epically is that we want to save them from the hundred pillow wax that we experienced as right. kids. And we don't want them to go through that. But you know, sometimes they have to go through that or right. they don't learn any other way. Because if mm. it, I know with our kids, if they're not inconvenienced, if their life isn't inconvenienced in some way, then they never learn. Yeah. Right. You're right. Pain it's is not the a best priority. Teacher. And we've talked about that in this podcast before. You know, I don't want to go backwards, but I mean, it's true. Pain is the best teacher. And unfortunately, you're right, Fritz. You make a great point that we we go out of our way to make sure that they don't feel pain. And sometimes pain is good, you know? Yeah. It, it, you grow from it, you know? So t- look at skin. That's why you get calluses. It toughens it up. That way you don't have to, they're not as, uh, you know, like my hands right now, little little baby hands. I mean, what if you'd have quit on Arch? What if I, oh, there was no quitting on Arch. Yeah. Arch come get you, boy. <laughs> Arch come ripping you out of the bed, tell you to puke on the side of the truck. Oh, you damn right. He said, <laughs> you work it off. Man, you, know? you did, you do that these days, you'd end up in jail. Oh, yeah. But I think a lot of the things we try to do is we try to fix all the problems mm-hmm. so that they don't feel or experience yep that pain. Yeah. But we can't do that. No. You can't fix everything. Well, the problem is for men, Joe, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, yeah. we, we tend to be fixers. We want to try to fix everything. Yep. My know? mind does not stop when I'm trying to sit, when something's broken in the house or something needs to be done. I, I just, I don't know how you guys are, but I can't get it off my mind until it's done. Right. Yep. I have, I mean, I have to go to Lowe's. I have to go to Home Depot. I have to buy the part, you know, fix whatever it is in the house. Mm-hmm. And then I can rest. And then I'm like, <sighs> okay, what's the next problem? <laughs> well, that, yeah. that, that's actually what happened the last, in the, the last few um, home improvements we've had in the house. You know, first it was the carpet downstairs and I got tired of looking at it and looking at it and looking at it. Finally, I said, uh, it, it's out of here. So we went and got the wood floors put in. And then it was looking at that man cave and seeing, you know, the little stains going up the, the you know, the, the stairway and the little drips from when I have people over and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it ain't never his fault. It's always somebody else's fault. Yeah. Like he ain't never right. spilled like, nacho dip well, on the way up the stairs. I don't want to say anything about Ray, but he, he's, he's kind of clumsy. On the way up the stairs, <laughs> I can't blame Ray because he only brings water upstairs, so right. I can't really get he's on him. No drip policy. I don't drink. I don't drink. What even about to blame you? Quit your drinking, whining over here. He's always picking on everybody else. Quit freaking defender. That's bullshit, Captain Defender over here. But so, anyways, it's what I'm saying is, is that your mind goes, okay, this has got to get out of here, and finally, I get to a breaking point. I'm like. I'm done with it. We we got to. It's got to go. 
now. Yeah. And right now. Yeah. But we tend to do that in relationships as well. Like with your spouse, with your Mm -hmm. girlfriend, with your kids, with your parents. We tend to we tend to listen to to answer or to respond and not to actually understand what's happening. Yeah. And guys in general, I know I am for sure, hundred percent. That's that's your your go to is okay. I'm hearing what they're saying and I'm already planning my response, and I'm not really listening to what they're trying to tell me. You're actually trying to create a resolve in your mind, right? Because I don't men, and I'm speaking for myself here are geared in such a way that we, when, when, well, my wife, when she approaches me with an issue where she's having something at work or something's going on, my, my first gut reaction is like, okay, so how can I fix this? Mm-hmm. Where am I at? And, you know, she's still talking a mile a minute. I need to stop and listen to what she's saying. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, so I need to call this person. I need to talk to that person. I need to get this person arranged with that person so Alex can get another job opportunity over here. It's, it just does not stop. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the thing with us is that we, it goes back to what you said earlier, Joe, about, you know, getting over and done with and fixing it and right. moving on to the next thing. So we think, okay, let's get this. When we start hearing these issues, and this is what I've had to learn as a, not only just as a husband, as a father, you know, they don't necessarily want you to fix it. They just want to talk to you about it or tell right. you about it. And our first thing is like, let's, let's resolve it and get it off the table and move on to the next thing. And that's just kind of how a lot of men are built. And if you think about it, you know, that started early on in our childhood as young boys. We've been raised and told that that's what men do. They, they take care of their families. They provide for their families. They're fixers. They're builders. They're creators. They're, you know, whatever you want to call it. You remember the commercials in Sears and Roebuck back in the day? Hey, I'm Bob Vila. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That just implanted and ingrained that masculine ability. We have to fix everything in the house when right. it breaks. Right. If you're not, not a man, I'm not allowed to. I get sausage. Brawny man. <laughs> sausage fingers, and you don't fit behind a toilet. No. I, I, I will say, oh. uh, time out now. Though. I just I come home the other day, <laughs> and that toilet in my our bathroom has been making a weird noise, uh-huh. and Candy left the kit sitting on top of the toilet for me. I guess that was kind of a sign, like, you need to fix this, like, now. <laughs> so, and she shut the water off. So I've been there going to the bathroom, and the toilet stopped flushing. Oh, good. She oh, shut the water bullshit. off. Oh, good night. So I'm starting to have flashes. But you know what, Ray? It takes me, you know, three or four toilets to figure out how to do it the easy way. So I didn't have to, you know, maneuver my fat self in between the toilet and the wall this time around. Nice. Figure it out. Figure it out. A little squat technique over the bowl. Nice. You know say a little squat technique. Of course, that put a little strain on the old calves. Kind of figured it. <laughs> Lower back was kind screaming. Kind of figured out shit, so to speak. Yeah. Figure that shit out, you know? Lower back was even what? Why are you doing, right? Figured dude. that shit out, you know? Yeah. It took oh him three toilets, but he finally figured shit toilets. out. It's funny, you know, how your body, you know, lets you know, too. It's like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Get up. You know? <laughs> Woo! Nope, no capacity, nope. brother. Capacity. You yeah. know, it's, it's funny. I want to share one other thing too about my wife. Sometimes when we when we have a debate about something, or we're, we're, we're I don't want to say argument, but when we're at odds, yeah, when you're arguing, Joe, just keep it real. But when we're at that moment, also too, in the back of my mind, I'm trying to think, well, how can I fix this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I'm like, wait, all right. So I better. screwed After up. After you don't use two already cross the line, you're thinking. But, but sometimes, <laughs> but realistically, sometimes all I got to do is listen. Right. Like, stop and listen. A lot of times they just want you to empathize with exactly. them. Exactly. But in the back of my mind, I'm already thinking three steps ahead. How can I fix this problem? Yep. I yeah. I, I can't do it. What would I say? What should she say? I know. Yeah. Yeah. You're. You're. You yeah. haven't even heard the whole problem. It's a mental. It's it. a mental time bomb, bro. It is, it, and it's tough because a lot of our jobs, a lot of guys the roles that guys tend to have, 
that's their job is put out fires to fix things. Oh, yeah. When when uh, problems arise, you've got to come up with a solution. So it's really hard to shut that off from work till you get home mm-hmm. and then be the empathizer, the listener to really listen to understand what's going on. Well, it's funny because my my daughter, I think, has taught me more about that than, than my wife even so. Because Candy's so laid back, she kind of just, you know, she puts something in front of me. She's like, she knows what I'm going to do. So she doesn't really address something with me unless she wants me to fix something in the first place. As long as it's not with my hands, you know what I mean? <laughs> she, don't let, she don't let me touching the tools. Oh, handy candy. Don't want me touching the tools in the house. But my daughter, on the other hand, has taught me, and I'm still learning. It's, it's very, very difficult for me that she just wants me to listen. Yeah. She doesn't want me to fix it. Because my first response is, is okay, you're hurting or something's bothering you or something's not right. What can I do to take that pain or that suffering or whatever it is from you or give you direction to help you make a better decision or whatever? And sometimes she's just like, Dad, I don't want you to fix this. You know, I don't want your advice. I just want you to listen. And I'm like, well, damn, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. It's <laughs> you know, I'm working on it, you know? Yeah, like, why are you even talking to me? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm going to do, right? And then um, it was funny. The other day she was telling me something and, and I looked at her and she almost gave me this look like she was waiting for me to give a response. And I just said, honey, this is one of the moments where dad's trying to learn how to be a listener instead of a fixer. So it, you're going to have to help your old man out. If you want me to give you advice or have an answer for something, tell me. Yeah, <clears throat> that's it. Exactly. I had to do, I had to do the same thing with my wife was, you know, as things are going on and I start getting answers, you, you start butting heads, you know, you start getting the, the, the volume starts increasing. And I learned that I had to say, Hey, okay, wait a minute. Am I, is this, do you just need me to listen? Do you just need me to understand what's going on? She's like, yes, just listen. All right. And then sit back in. And then you truly have to listen. That's another hard part for guys. It's like, well, hell, if I ain't going to fix it, what am I really going to listen to? Just sit here and la, 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 la. But you really have to listen because they're going to quiz you at the end. <laughs> they're going to make sure you are oh, listening. Yeah. They're not looking yeah. for answers, but they are going to quiz you to make sure you were well, listening. Well, something that I do with Tina that's real effective is I'll say, and it's kind of a standard business tactic. It's just, you know, what I'm hearing you saying is what I'm what I'm hearing you saying is kind of reiterate blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. and she'll go no no that's not, not not quite that but but this 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 you go okay and that's a real good point that's a good tactic because that doesn't frustrate well, them smooth customers I like that no, Fritz yeah, I may have to use that I don't drink the we'll water we have to hit the old hey. bullshit button no. on that one I'm just well, keeping I, it I don't know do that I where's just, Tina where's Tina let's ask her <laughs> I just took that wisdom because women talk differently than men yeah. Oh, they, gosh, yeah. The yeah. way they convey themselves and what, what they're saying and what we're picking up ain't always the same thing. No, but if you'll repeat it back to them, what you think you heard them say... Gives them the opportunity to, to respect that because that means, to clarify. Hey, he listened. Yeah. yeah. And well, then, it's kind of like you think about it. And this like Candy and I, this is how our world is. It's I'm a point A to point B guy. Most I'm not, guys take, are, I'm not taking side streets. I'm not taking the scenic route. I'm yeah. going from point A to point B. Get to the punchline. That's just in life in general, right? So I go from one point to the next. Candy will take, you know, the scenic route up around this corner, <laughs> mm-hmm. go down this neighborhood, going this. And it's it's not only that and just driving, it's that's just life. That's the way she is part na- of the journey for na- her. navigates. So yeah, she's right. she's telling me about things, or you know, and my daughter's the same way. They'll take me on this journey through this conversation. And my thing is, okay, let's. Get to it. What? What is it? What is the end game here? Like, well, I'm trying to explain it to you, and it's like, 
back of your mind, if you're being real, it's been you're like, I don't really need all these details. I just, got to that 10 you know, minutes ago. You know, I mean, just to, cut to the but chase. That's how you make a great point, Ray, because that's how they communicate. And it's hard to shut yourself down as a man sometimes and go, okay, you got to turn this thing off because right now it's not, you're not having effective communication with your spouse or your kid right, right. because you're too caught up in, in the way you and think. The and the struggle is real, bro. The well, struggle is real. I, I tell you, it is hard for me to shut down. Oh like yeah, that. but I, it's been a learned trait over the years. Mm-hmm. It is not easy. Well, I was telling Ray when we were putting this together, the other part of it too, and I can only speak on my experiences is like a dad, for instance. I know a lot of you guys listen to this podcast. You're not, you're not fathers, but you have girlfriends or wives or you've, you know, friend, family members, whatever. You know, as a dad, you, you go from a moment of being there everything knowing everything to knowing nothing. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, you know, I was telling Ray, when, when Grace was, was little, and the same thing with Sean, anytime they would get sick, it was, I want my dad. It, it, it's funny, in our house, you know, you, most kids, they want their mom when they're sick, right? They, they want mom when they want to have fun in my house. When they're sick or they're not doing well, they want their dad, right? Because believe it or not, I am a nurturer to some degree. And I could tell stories, but I want to get into all of them. But at the end of the day, my daughter, when she was little, she'd have a stomach ache. And I want my dad. I want my dad. And then I'd go and go in there and lay with her and she'd have me rub her stomach. And, you know, at the end of the day, she'd be like, oh, I feel so much better, dad. You have the magic touch, you know? And the reality of it is, is you wake up one day as a father and you realize you don't have that touch anymore. Mm, right. You know? Yeah. And you try to overcompensate for that because you go from being this everything Again, like I said, that knows everything to being a guy that really don't know a whole lot. That's more of a nuisance, you know, because you're you're trying to guide him and direct him and teach him and nurture him and and mold yeah. and shape yep. him. And it's a full time job as a father if you're if you want to be an effective good father, you know. Right. And you lose that. And so when you look at your child or you look at your your little girl, and you wake up and you realize you ain't got that magic touch anymore, man. It, you can't just rub her stomach and everything goes away anymore. No. You know what I'm saying? She's 18 now, going on 19, you know. There's no laying there and rubbing her back and all of a sudden the world's a better place, you know. And so what do you do as a man? You try to overcompensate. So when she has a hiccup or an issue or a problem, you want to jump in and you want to save the day. You want to help your daughter. You want to fix the problem. And then you get the old pump the brakes. Daddy, I don't need you to fix nothing. I just need you to listen. And it's like, whoa. I'm not used to this, you know, and it's hard to get your head around that as a man. It's like, you know, I used to, you know, when you had a problem, you went to daddy, fixed it. Now you tell me you don't want me to fix it. Oh yeah, it's hard. It's just, it's, it's, it's difficult. And it's, I can see where some men can lose themselves and lose their identity in that. Yeah. Because you spend your whole life raising them and teaching them and, and directing them in that. And then, you know, you do, you, you know, anybody that's a father listening to this podcast knows you go from being a hero to a zero real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It I went sucks. through that. Um, I got that bomb dropped yeah. on me in big time yeah, and it you sucks. Know, because I was a single dad with a special needs child. And, you know, I stayed at her bedside at nights where I, I didn't think she was going to wake up. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and that was just, just life for me. And now she's flourishing and she's an adult and there's no more belly rubs. There's no more holding hands on the bedside at yeah. night. And there's no more storytelling. And, it's, you know, I was really displaced. I really had a tough time with that. It's a cruel, beautiful reality. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, if you think about it. Yeah. It's I mean, bittersweet. I'm hearing you guys talk about this. I can't help but think about my mom and dad, you know, yeah. because. But they I, went through I, with you, right? Exactly. Because I grew up a sick child, um, episode 32. Uh, but I grew up as a sick child. And it was just really strange because I know for the past 12, 13 years, my mom and dad are still struggling to this day, trying to figure out what they need to do with the rest of their life. Or what their role is in your life. Now, exactly. You know? It's just, there's this ongoing, it's, it's, like a, it's like a question you know is there, but is never asked. What that question is like, for, for example, what do I, how, do, how, do I, how do I help Joe now? How do I, is, is he hurting? Is, does he hurt anymore? Is he in a lot of pain? And, you know, it's, I can see that there's that nurture side of my mom when she comes over, you know, when they visit from Winter Haven. And it's, 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 it's that nurturing instinct is still there. And I think it's always going to be there for her. Right. I think she, she, she will go to her grave always having that nurturing instinct. Oh, moments, yeah. You know? And so uh, just hearing you guys talking about, you know, about Aubrey and then about... Um, uh, Grace. Grace, thank you. I was getting ready to say uh, her, her Instagram handle, crazy, crazy Gracie. Bell, yeah. But, but uh, you know, you mentioned something about your dad that's really powerful too, that you had said in, on one of our podcasts that when you had made the decision to make this leap of faith and start your life again, yeah, that the most defining moment was when your father said, I'll pack up the U-Haul and I'll take you. Yeah. And so... That, that again, the, reiterates right, that yeah. supportive thing. I mean, even though my dad and I... Um, we, we've definitely come to terms with a lot of things over the past few years. There's been a lot of things that's unraveled. And I think my dad realized to the point that he, the way he fixed me was letting me go, right. which was one of the hardest mm -hmm. that's, yeah. things. That's powerful. That's yeah. powerful. And that's it, hard. I, mean, I, I remember, father. I, I get goosebumps when I think about this. My, so my dad drove me down. We drove overnight through Savannah, Georgia, down I-95 from Kentucky. And it had just snowed in Kentucky. And we couldn't get the U-Haul out of the freaking driveway because of the U-Haul weighed down because it was a snow that night. Mm -hmm. And so we were just spinning mud. It was just a, a crazy thing. And my dad was always there. So my dad called a record service, got the pull. We got out onto the road. We drove all night. And I remember when, when he stayed with us for about a week as we moved to our apartment here in Orlando. And... I drove him back to the airport and I remember the look he gave me when he went up the escalator at the Sanford International Airport. If you've ever been there, there's this escalator and when you get up to the top, that's where the TSA is. You can't go any further. And he just looked at me and he just, he lost it because that was the last time he would see his son in the way that he remembered him at growing up. Right. From that point forward, it's going to be a different Joe. And yes. I think that was the realization for him. And that's that, that was, was his way of fixing it. I cried the whole way home, dude. Yeah. I cried the whole way home because A, I knew it had to be done. I had to make that leap. And B, I know my father knew I needed that leap because I was about to start a whole new chapter in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And we we actually touched on it a couple times about health issues, you know, not being able to fix, you know, that's a real test for a man too, because like you said, we always want to fix things. But when it comes down to health issues, yeah. there's really nothing you can do. No, you're born with it. I mean, it's just like Aubrey, you know, me and Aubrey, when Aubrey was going through her stuff, Fritz, me and her was just talking back and forth all the time because we knew each other's where we were at. Struggles. Yeah. Struggles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, And a big part of that is like when my first daughter, before she was even born, she was having issues. My wife was having issues uh, with her heart decelling during uh, delivery and stuff. So before I even got to meet her, 
you know, there's issues that you are completely out of your control. And then now that she's older, she has anxiety. Mm. And it's just different for me because you want to fix things, but anxiety is all in your head. And there's nothing I can do, nothing I can say to fix that problem. Alex deals a lot with anxiety, my wife. Yeah, so does Aubrey. It's it's inherited because her mother has it. Yeah. Alex got Mm -hmm. it. Well, and and you and I have talked about this a lot, Ray. I mean, with your personality, I can understand where it, me me too, if I went through the same situation with our personalities, even though, you know, you're not as loud and as abrasive as I am, but you're, yeah, thank God. I can (laughs) barely barely stand you in now. But anyway, anyway, (laughs) seriously. But, I'm sure that that's a huge struggle when you look at your child and you're thinking, well, what do they get to be stressed out about? Right. Especially when you're trying to, like I was telling a friend of mine the other day, you know, it's like when you look at your kid and you're trying to provide this beautiful life for your child and then they're having problems with anxiety, you can't help but as a father feel like, well, what is it I'm doing wrong? I mean, what what is it I'm not doing? What kind of life am I not providing? What are they what do they have to be stressed out about? Right. So maybe you can touch on that a little bit. I don't well, it, you just wrapped it all up, really. It's it's kind of mind-blowing because as guys, we're used to fixing things. And mm. I grew up with, you know what? If I've got a problem, I got to fix it. I'll find a way to, to make it right. And with her, there's just, there's no way to make it right. There's no way to fix it. There's, there's no magic, you know, There's answer. almost another level of consciousness that you have to be aware of at all times. Right. Exactly. Above what you're already doing for which, Mrs. Which if you're not accustomed, if you don't understand, yeah. experience it, you don't understand it. You don't know how to be oh, in that. blindside you. How do yeah. you, you know, like how does Ray or myself or any of us understand that if we never experienced anxiety, for instance, or, you know, depression or whatever, how do you under, empathize, sympathize, or understand that when you don't understand it? Yeah. You yeah. know, one of the biggest, one of the biggest things about that was realizing that for them, it is real. Mm-hmm. It is a hundred percent real, oh, yeah. whether we understand it or not. Then this goes for depression. This goes for anxiety. This goes for all kinds of stuff. We got the, we tend to have the attitude, just get up, pull yourself up. Yeah. Take a what walk you, outside. What are you worrying about? Yeah. You know, quit freaking out. You know, it's, it's, so it's going to rain. What does it matter? You know, but in their, in their mind, it is a hundred percent real. If it's depression, you know, this is the end of my life. This is all that I've got. I've got nothing no more. There's, there's nothing worth living for. Or it's anxiety. Oh my God, this is going to go wrong. That's going to happen. This is going to go wrong. This is going to happen. What if this happens? What if that happens? And that was the biggest thing for me was realizing that what's happening in their mind is really happening to oh, it's, them. It's real to them, yeah. right? Right, exactly. And having to understand that and realize you can't fix that. All you can do is reassure them that it's all going to be okay. And, and just to touch on depression really quick, there, it, depression goes a lot more than, than just like thinking of your life in that end stage uh, realm. Um, you know, for me, I battled depression at the beginning of this year and I took went about two months of it. Um, even while I was recording here, John, with you guys, and I, I shared with you a little mm-hmm. bit what I was going through, but um, it, it, the way it affected me and Alex, Alex felt helpless. She couldn't fix it, right. you know, going back. But the way it affected me, I'd wake up in the morning and, and I would, I would, it was all I could do to get out of bed. I mean, I didn't have the energy to, to go take a shower. I didn't have the energy to watch television or de- design a graphic. And I would be like procrastinate everything. And next thing you know, it's five o'clock in the afternoon. Alex is home and I got to make dinner. I don't want to do that. Right. And it's just, there's this level of depression, the psych, you know, in, in your consciousness 
So it's not um, a situation where you're like depressed about a specific thing. I, you, 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 I think that's where people get caught well, up. I was, understand it. You know, my depression was based around a lot of circumstances that have been going on in my life for the past year or so. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that is a rut. It's a rut. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's a, it's a depression of uh, that. Kind of summarizing it. But there's many levels and layers of depression. So I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, well, you know, there's the also main, the chemical depression, right. which is yeah. next level. That's a whole other yeah. depression. And the Mainer, who's not here this week, who's on another hiatus, did, did send us some statistics to support some ah, of what we're talking about. The Mainer. You know, social anxiety. 15 million adults wow. in the USA are suffering wow. from social anxiety. It's crazy. 7.7 million adults are dealing with PTSD. Mm. And 6.1% of the country, uh, in the country of them, are, are, are men. So Of that 17 million. Yep. Oh, that's 7.7 million. Oh, seven, seven point seven. Hold on, let me look at his stat here because he yeah. may have jacked this up. Yeah, pull that up real quick. What's he got there? And yeah, thanks a lot for putting it on Google Drive, Maynard. Not. You've got one job. That's why one I gave job. you a little twitch eye right one there. One Everything's good. But the statistics, though, I mean, that's crazy when you're thinking about the levels of PTSD, the levels of anxiety. Yeah. That's just unfathomable. They're saying that it's 6.1% of the country. Oh, okay. of the whole country. Wow. The whole country is dealing with with uh, some sort of PTSD or social anxiety. And that's what, 300 million? 300 million people? 365 million people in America. Yeah, throw a little pandemic in there and you got a party. Yeah. Oh, my oh, God. God. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I know I know several of my friends who... So, I mean, it's, it's real. And, and, you know, as fixers, you know, we go back to what we were saying, Ray. As fixers, we try to, we want to fix that. If our wives are dealing with it, if our kids are dealing with it, if we've got a friend dealing with it. Our first response is, well, what can I do to help fix this guy or, or help make this better? You know, and the reality of it is if we don't understand it, we don't know how to fix it. Right. And then as, and then as a man, you feel helpless, you know, and what, what do men typically do? They shrink, they retreat, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and, and the other part of it is we've talked about this before too, Ray, is that, you know, one of the things you got to be careful of when we're dealing with this fix it, fix it mentality is, is that old saying, well, you know, that's just who I am. Yeah, I am who I am. That's what I do. And, and I catch myself saying that all the time. Like my daughter will come to me and say, well, I, you, you always do this. I'm like, well, you know who I am. That's what I do. I mean, why are you asking me if you don't want me to tell you? But she's like, I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen. Yeah. And it's like, we get caught up though in that comfort of saying, well, she shouldn't even be asking me if she doesn't want me to, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's the mentality, right? right? Well, we try yeah. to cop out. We try you, to cop out of it. Yeah. yeah. It's you like, almost get angry. Like, what are you getting in my ass for? You're asking me this. I'm just trying to tell you. But, Talk to your mother. Yeah. <laughs> but as guys, to, to be real men, you have to change. You have to adapt. That is a sign of a real man, is that as things change, as your daughters grow, as your employment changes, as your employees change, you have to grow and adapt. because. You give them that I am who I am, and guess what? They're going to quit coming to you. Yeah. And that is the last thing you want as a man. And I've had that happen with my daughter. She said, oh, I didn't tell you because I knew what you'd say. It's like, uh, yeah, probably so, right. Oh, wow. So you, know? you want to talk about being a strong man, being a real man? It's not, it's not about being a hard ass and I am who I am. It's about assessing, adapting, and then moving forward. You have no choice. Adaptability. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, like I said, I've had to learn that the hard way, you know, that, you know, 
when my daughter comes to me or even my wife, some, even my son, you know, my son, sometimes I talk to him and I'm like, well, I'm just direct with him because he's a boy or whatever. But same token, sometimes he just needs me to listen to. And I, and I find myself just jumping, you know, and, and what it really is grounded. And we've talked about this so many times. It's fear. Yeah. Fear that something's going to happen to them. Fear that they're not going to be happy. Fear that they're not going to be healthy. Fear that they're going to, you know, have not have strong relationships. So, fear that you're not going to have the answer. Right. Mm. Which creates inadequacy, right? Fear that you're not needed anymore. Ooh. Damn, that that's, one sucked, right? Why'd you pull that one out? Dude? Dang, getting right? real, man. Getting real. Yeah, that's true. And though. that's in everything. That's in relationship. That's in work. That's everywhere. Because if you're not needed at work, guess what? No job. That was that was part of my depression, right? Oh yeah, that's right. That's when you when you left when you stopped work, right? Right. Mm. That's when it went down in January. Is I I I didn't have I didn't feel that I was valued anymore. I I lost my place. I lost my footing. Which is a great example, and we talk about this a lot as men, and it just goes to show that we can talk about it, but we can find ourselves caught up in it, right? Like oh, absolutely. When we start allowing what we do to to bring us value in who we are, I had to grind through that, dude. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I forced myself out of that mental state, and I just kept pushing through all the. The, the stuff in my head, you know, just just the constant uh, white noise of, of you're not good enough. You, nobody wants you. Who, who cares where you're going? And it's just this constant battle. It in, is in your head, and there's no there's no fixing it. There's no fixing it. I can't fix that. Nope. That's that's my inadequacies. Yep. That's my, you know. And then you adapt. Adapt. You change. Yeah. You continue on, and I strive on. That's it. Strive to thrive. And, and that's how you grow and become a strong man. You have to do it. Right. You have to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and get on with life. I mean, yeah, it's easier said than done. Oh, oh yeah. What I just said there in that five seconds is so easier said than done. Yep. It's a process. And that, that just leads to how we constantly say that being a real man is not about being the biggest, being the baddest, being the meanest, being the toughest. Oh. There's so much more to being a real man than physicality. Right. And a lot of it's all in our head. And a lot of us, like you said, will shrink. We can't shrink. You cannot shrink and disappear. You've got to be there for those people, for those employees, for your family. You have to be there. You have to be willing to change, to adapt. Doesn't mean coddle. Doesn't mean coddle the kids. Doesn't mean coddle the wife. Doesn't mean coddling at all. But it means that you have to adapt to the situation because we're constantly changing. And if you can't adapt, you're not going to be a real man. Well, the bottom line, guys, is this. And Ray, you make a great point. If we're going to adapt, we need to, first of all, assess the situation. And one of the biggest things that we do as men when we screw this thing up is that we don't step back, take a deep breath, and analyze what we're talking about. We want to go in head first. We're going to fix this thing. You know what's amazing to me is that so many times I get caught up in trying to fix other people's situations. And the one thing that I struggle the most fixing is myself. You know, that the, the number one thing we talk about being a man is about being selfless, right? It's about putting others first, right? The other thing, the other part of it, I just, sometimes I think, you know, the Lord put something in my, my heart and my mind at times. And I, it's, I think he was just saying to me, you know what, John, sometimes it's about being self-aware. You know, as a man, we have to be self-aware. There are just some things we just can't fix. Can't fix them. And guess what? Your insecurity, your feeling of inadequacy, or your feeling of not being needed does not justify you going in there and taking over a situation to make yourself feel better about it. And I'm not speaking just to the men that are listening to this podcast. I'm talking to me. I'm talking to me right now because that's what I do. 
I go in there and I want to fix it because I love the people that are coming to me. And listen, guys, it comes from a good place. It comes from a good place. It comes from a place of a man wanting to love his wife, wanting to love his children, loving his brother, loving his, his parents, loving his, you know, his sister, loving his coworkers, and trying to be the best version of himself that he can be. But we've got to be self-aware. We've got to assess the situation. And for guys that are out there like me, sometimes you just got to know when to shut up. I mean, that's just it. We talk about stepping up, getting up, manning up. But sometimes you just got to learn to shut up. And I'm talking to me right now. Because so many times I've looked in the eyes of my wife and my children and I realized, man, I probably should have just shut my mouth. I probably should have just listened. They don't want me to fix it. And then you know what happens, guys? We get pissed off at them because they're upset with us because of the, because of the way we come at them. Like, well, I'm just trying to help. They should know who I am. But you know what? You know who they are too. You should know what they're looking for. It's not their job. It's yours, especially if you're a father. Guys, listen. We can't fix everything. We just can't fix everything. But what we can do is fix our eyes on the things that are important. And those are the relationships that have been entrusted to us in our lives. We can fix our eyes on being a better man. We can fix our eyes on doing what we can do to be a better listener. That's something I need to fix my eyes on. And you know what? Not only my eyes, men, sometimes we got to learn how to fix our hearts. Listen, at the end of the day, we all want to make sure that the people we care about the most are doing well. But sometimes when we don't listen, we become part of the problem instead of the solution. And when you realize the importance of shutting your mouth and opening your ears, well, that's when the rubber meets the road. <laughs>